to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, uplifting support for your grief and healing journey. We're here to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence so that you can build a life of purpose and joy. I'm your host, Julie Clough. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 86, Input Determines Your Outlook. Okay, so while it, by the time you listen to this, we will have just completed the June virtual workshop, the Build a Life After Loss virtual workshop. And we had a four-page handout at this event. I'm talking as if it's already happened. When I'm recording this, it hasn't happened yet, but I do know what we're going to be discussing. And I am super excited about having a handout so that you can you can take notes in a way and have kind of the diagrams and the descriptions there for you. So anyway, it's super fun to do that. And our next one will be July 9th. That's a Thursday night from 6.30 to 8.30 Mountain Time. And you can register today for that at bit.ly. So that's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash B-L-A-L capital J-U-L-Y, B-L-A-L July with a capital J. Everything else is lowercase and the case does matter on these particular website links. So we're not used to that, are we? I'm not used to having it be case sensitive, but it is. So B-I-T bit dot Lee backslash B-L-A-L July capital J. You don't want to miss it. And if you use the code special zero seven, it's only seven dollars. It's typically twenty seven, so this is a huge savings. So I hope you will join us for the next one. And and if you join us live, that's great. Either way, if you're able to join us live or you register and you're not able to join us live, we're going to be sending out the recording afterwards. And next week. I'll be doing a five-part Facebook Live series Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Hopefully the technology works to be on at 9 a.m. each morning, and I'll be explaining the Build a Life After Loss Five Phases of Healing in that series. So if you're not already on my Facebook page, again, it's Build a Life After Loss. Everything is Build a Life After Loss. It The Facebook page is uh, Build a Life After Loss with Julie Clough. So get on there, subscribe to that page and look for that live series. It's going to be Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. Now, I don't have to tell you this, but we live in turbulent times. We are affected by weather changes, a pandemic, economic upheaval, and social unrest. Weather changes right at the very same time that we were going into social distancing, uh, Utah got hit with a rather large earthquake that did some damage in the small town of Magna, just west of where I live. And then, of course, the pandemic and the pandemic and the social distancing and the stay-at-home orders have caused an economic upheaval. And then we've had these this social unrest, the what's happening in the world, well, what's happening in the United States, if you're listening outside of the United States, with some completely devastating, unfair treatment of people of color. And we just, um, we all stand 
against such a, a travesty. So it is more important than ever. With all of this going on, we are unbalanced. We are knocked off center. This is to be expected. But with all this going on, it is more important than ever that we learn about our emotions and how to manage them. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about how we can manage our emotions by being intentional about what we allow into our space. And I'm going to offer a six-step process to become more aware and more deliberate because we are responsible for managing our own emotions. Zig Ziglar said, your input determines your outlook. Your outlook determines your output. Your output determines your future. Okay, again, your input determines your outlook. Your outlook determines your output, and your output determines your future. It's easy right now to sit and watch the news all day because many of us are still social distancing. We're not out as much. We have a little more time on our hands, and the TV is on, and there's so many changes happening every single day. Our communities are shaken up. They're in turmoil, and and we, it's really tempting to just sit and watch the news to see what is the next thing that's happening. What's the next thing that a group is going to do? What's the next thing that the leaders are going to do? It's so super easy to sit around watching the news and we can choose, we can choose whether we're watching the news or not to feel hopeful that the correct changes are coming or we can sit in despair over what we're seeing. And, and a lot of times it's a little bit of both, isn't it? On Instagram this week, I posted a, you know, I talked about patience, patience required. And, and now that I look about it, I think, I think I should have said patience, love and compassion is required. When we answer hate with hate, we are part of the problem, not the solution. So how can we approach the challenges that we face right now with the frustrations and the differences of our opinions, the differences in our approaches? How can we face that with patience, love, and compassion instead of hate? Sometimes hate feels like the only answer, but hate is never the answer. Love is always the answer. But this is what I wrote. There are no words for the pain that we are experiencing in the world right now. The sorrow is great. Our prayers and love go to our black brothers and sisters who we stand with to fight for basic human rights. We mourn with you. It's disgusting, the injustices that we have watched play out. While we struggle to right the wrongs in our society, may we be patient with our neighbors, our family, our friends, and ourselves. May we actively search for answers and methods to eliminate hate, which has been abusively directed at our beautiful friends. May we start in our homes, on our street, in our neighborhood, and in our cities. May we recognize that what we put into the world will be returned. May we always stand up for what's right. May we move forward with patience and a hugely generous portion of love. I don't have the answers, but I seek to be part of the solution. May we all be part of the solution. So today I want to offer six steps, six steps to managing your emotions, 
through input. Going back to the Zig Ziglar quote about how our input determines our outlook. So number one, take a look at how you're spending your time and attention. Are you spending all your time watching news and being riled up and allowing your emotions to be played with? Because that's what the news is. That's, they, they have a product and they're trying to sell a product and the product that they're se- selling is emer- emotional turmoil, really. I mean, that's what it is. They want to, they, they know that if they can tug at your emotions, if they can sensationalize, if they can cause you to react, to respond, then they have your attention. And that's what they want, is they want your attention. So take a look at how you're spending your time and your attention. Where is your attention going? Is it going to your family? Is it going to your work? Or is it being manipulated by outside sources that you don't necessarily want to manipulate you? Number two, what are you consuming that is hard, disturbing, and emotionally raw? What are you, what are you consuming? Think about, I want you to take, the best thing to do is get out a piece of paper and write down the things that you consumed yesterday. Consuming is anything you listened to, anything that you watched, anything that you passively, you passively interacted with. And even reading is consuming, right? We're just, we're taking in information. We're taking in influence. So look at what you're consuming and, and really diagram it. If you watch TV, what did you watch and how long? Did you watch a comedy? Did you watch the news? Did you watch a drama? How did it affect you? If you read a book, what did you read? How did it affect you? So number two is, what are you consuming that is hard, disturbing, and emotionally raw? Number three is, what are you consuming that is inspiring, uplifting, filled with love and gratitude? What are you consuming? So if you, as you looked through your list from yesterday of what you consumed, so there's consuming and there's producing. Like right now, I'm producing a podcast. I am working on something. I'm creating something. So I'm producing. A little while ago, I watched a short TV show while I ate my lunch and that was consuming. So that, that's the difference between the two. Number four, be sure if you're watching the news that you're balancing your news watching with inspiring content, music, meditation, nature walks, those things that are going to be uplifting and inspiring, those things that are filled with love and gratitude, those things that, that bring up our happiness, our joy, our vibration. And if you're in the middle of grief right now, you do not need hard things. You just don't need it. You know, when I was in the worst of my grief and my family would want to watch the drama and I just had absolutely no interest in that. I did not want to watch any dramas. I wanted to watch comedies. I wanted to watch things that were light or uplifting or inspiring. So be really careful if you're already in turmoil internally, you don't want to add to the turmoil by watching things that are also disturbing. Number five, 
Don't focus only on the problem, focus on the solution. So when things come up that you feel passionate about, or you want to be involved in, or you want to, you want to be part of, it's not about just focusing on the problem. It's, it's really focusing on and asking yourself, what can I do about it? And rarely is that solving the whole problem. Some of the things that we're seeing in our communities or, or the world or our nation are not things that one person can solve on their own, but we can be part of the solution. So it's not feeling like we have to solve the whole problem, but what can you contribute? Because worry pretends to be necessary. So we see these things going on and we think that we, if we worry about it, that somehow we are contributing, but we're not contributing by worrying. We're contributing. We can actually contribute by sending love to the people who are, are leading us. And when I say sending love, it's an energetic exchange where you, you close your eyes and you imagine that person in front of you and you want the best for them and you want them to lead us in a way that is valuable, that is helpful. And so we send love and gratitude to that person through our thoughts and our feelings. This is actually a quote from Eckhart Tolle. Worry pretends to be necessary, but serves no useful, useful purpose. So if we're just worrying about things or we're just consuming and worrying, or we may even be consuming, worrying, and then sharing our worry with other people in order to get them on our worry train. <laughs> and, and we think that we're helping by doing that. And I do think, you know, our, my family, we've spent a lot of time discussing what's happening in the world, how we want to approach it, what we're doing, you know, what my kids are, are teaching their kids in order to be part of the solution. We, we're talking about it, which is helpful because it's allowing us to, it's allowing us to really think about like, how do we want to respond and what, what are some answers? But it's not for a conclusion of worry or concern or panic. It's, it's, it's from a place of wanting to contribute in some way to the collective peace, to, to the collective love, to the compa- to collective pas- compassion. So that, that leads us to the sixth thing is the sixth thing is to be proactive in your input. What that means is, it's not just passively consuming. So we went through these steps where you were really taking a look at where you were spending your time and attention. You were looking at what your consumption has been. And if that consumption has been on the hard, emotionally raw side, or if that consumption has been on the inspiring, uplifting, and filled with love side, if our input determines our outlook, then it's really important that we get involved with the input, that we're not just sitting back, just allowing, but that we're proactively involved in the input. I heard somebody say recently, passivity 
causes depression. And I, I looked that up because I was like, what, what does that mean? Passivity causes depression. And I found this quote from Colin Wilson from the New Pathways in Psychology. This, these are some of the things that he said. Boredom, passivity, stagnation. These are the beginning of mental illness, which propagates itself like the scum on a stagnant pond. The, men- the mentally healthy individual is he who habitually calls upon fairly deep levels of vital reserves. An individual whose mind is allowed to become dormant so that only the surface is disturbed begins to suffer from circulation problems. Okay, that's a lot of words. <laughs> but what he's trying to say, I believe what he's trying to say is that when we become stagnant and bored and passive, we we can, it is the beginning of mental illness. When we get involved when we become proactive, when we take steps to be intentional about our activity and our improvement. And, and that's why, that's why I think grief is hard is because grief does put us into a state of a low vibration, which is less active, but you can get into that state and just remain there because you've been, because you've believed that that time heals all wounds and you're just sitting waiting for time to heal, which it doesn't happen that way, by the way. So that that's when people really stagnant and they get into trouble is because they're just waiting around for things to get better instead of actively participating in the process. So to be proactive in your input, even when you're depressed, you know, one of the things that I did when during my grief and when I was depressed during my grief, because, you know, it was a side effect of grief, the depression, even when I was in that state, I was reading a lot of things that were inspirational, things that were inspiring, that were helpful, that built my hope for the future. And I was also, and I wasn't as aware at the time, I was in the middle of it. And that's why I do what I do now is because I just didn't know. And so I was kind of hit or miss, but because I already had developed a habit of a spiritual practice of reading inspiring things, and because I did have a hunger for inspiration and encouragement, I sought those things. I sought those things. So that's what I'm asking you to do is to be proactive in your input. Seek the things that bring you up. Seek the things that add to your positive outlook instead of the things that drag you down. Create a routine that includes inspirational reading, uplifting music, encouraging podcasts, projects, goals, and improvement. These things, they don't have to be big. They don't have to be huge. But the the things that you actively participate in, those are the things that are going to, are going to up level your input, which then up levels your outlook. I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope that this, that you'll use this to reflect on your input and if you're balanced. And I would even say 
I would like for you to be out of balance on the side of inspired, encouraging (laughs) input, but at least balanced where if you're watching a lot of hard things right now that you're also bringing in the inspired and the encouraging and hopefully overbalancing on that side, overbalancing the scale on that side. All right. So you know that I'm going to give you a book report today. The last I heard from the publisher actually this morning was that the book would come out July 13th and the pre-orders, the link for the pre-orders, the actual, like where you go in and pay and you know, you're going to get the book as soon as it comes out. That is happening really soon. They're supposed to be getting that link to me really, really quickly. So make sure that you get, go to buildalifeafterloss.com and download that first chapter. And you'll be the first to know when the actual pre-order is available so you can get it. And also remember to schedule your free discovery call. Let's talk. Let's see how I might be able to help you to, to actually apply what you're learning here because every person is in a different place. You're in a different place than I am. I'm in a different place than my neighbor. My neighbor's in a different place. Everybody's in a different place. And that's not good or bad. And it's not like a, a scale. Somebody's ahead or b- b- behind, but it's just we're in a different place and we have different needs. We have different needs in our grief. We have different needs in our rebuilding. And that's what I love to do is I love to meet with you, figure out where you are and what the next step is for you. So schedule your discovery call. That is also in the show notes. You can go to the show notes and click schedule your free discovery call and it will take you right to my calendar so you can get on the calendar. I sure love being here with you. And and please remember, I believe in you. I believe in your healing. I believe I have so much hope for your future. Have a great week. Love you. Bye.